Catherine Collins. Right. Catherine Collins. So you sound Irish. You don't. You don't I sound Irish. Irish. Your name sounds Irish. It's it's about my as Irish as it gets. Irish. I, I met this wonderful elderly investor years ago, and he took one look at me and said, "So you're Irish." Or is that just your face. <laughs> I was like, I, I hadn't well, seen well, a both, both I hadn't seen a picture of you. I don't like to find out too much about people before I talk to them. Yeah. Because it's yeah, always no, wrong. It's always like PR. Anyway, and so now I'm seeing it for the first time, and and there's a bit of red there. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> a bit of red on that head. <laughs> Irish has, and a beekeeper. Yes, yeah. Yeah, a beekeeper. So we're going to talk about bees today. We're awesome. particularly interested in the weird stuff that people project onto bees. Well, it's so amazing. Like you were just saying, you know, there's there's this terrorized kind of version the really you know oh my gosh keep me away and then there's this rainbow and sunshine like very romanticized version and, and only like one of those so two many things. things nothing yeah, in between nothing in between <laughs> and like so many things like oh my gosh it's so much more interesting than, yeah. than either either of those two yeah um so when you mentioned that, I was just thinking, I, I did a talk last year for my, my little niece's class um, of second graders. And I had, you know, a second grader kind of friendly version, you know, I was going to talk about, you know, what happens in the hive and where does honey come from. I talked for maybe 15 seconds. First hand goes up. Ooh, mm. ooh, ooh, ooh. It's, okay, okay. What's, what's your question? Is it true? The queen lays eggs all day long and she can never leave the hive. <laughs> well, I mean, kind of, sort of, but you know, so I'm, I answer the question. I try to get back on track. Another 30 seconds. Ooh, 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 ooh. Okay, okay, what is it? Is it true that when it gets cold, they kill all the drones? <laughs> Yeah. Did you know? Did you know the bees? There's like ah oh, ah. Oh, I mean, there's 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 not pickup lines, but after the pickup line, like when people are trying to you know um, get in close with first years and stuff like that. There's there's so many did you know things to say about bees that are there. It, bees it's occupy a really really weird place, uh, and yeah. the, oh, the whole zombie bee bloody fascination. Everyone has said, there's zombie bees. There's zombie bees. <laughs> Did you know that Albert Einstein said that, like, uh, if, if all the bees died, within two years, all life on Earth would be ended? We'd all perish. We'd yeah. all perish. Did you know all the bees are dying? <laughs> Did you know they're all dying? All of them. 
when was that like five years ago 10 years ago that was, was the thing it was and... loudest i'd say maybe yeah somewhere in that range five to ten and you know i'm always so torn right it's it's i i hear similar comments with so many <clears throat> issues that I'm, I'm working on in my day job I'm like okay well people care you know so on the one yeah. hand i kind of want to cheer it on on the other hand like whoa you know, we could do better than that. You know, again, it's well, so much more interesting. Let's. Um, I'm, I'm, I want to explore a bit of Celtic mythology here, since since oh, you're yeah. Irish and all that. It's. Is it true that you talk to you talk to your bees? Like it's traditional. You talk to, to them, but but it's yeah. a it's a thing. Like the bees are part of your family for the Celts, and and you talk to them, and if you talk to them, then you know you communicating, and they stay, and they don't take yes. off. Yes, that, ah, is, that is the deal. That is the there, deal. Now I'm projecting things onto bees <laughs> and Celts. Man. Well, you know, we are speaking on All Souls Day. So this is a big Celtic day. It's Samhain wow. today. So, yeah, very people ah. day to connect. Yeah. Now, how do you pronounce? How do you how do you I, I know you like giving us the written pronunciation there, but I heard it was more like Sowen. Or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I've I've heard it. So Soan is is what I hear from folks who seem to know more than I do about it. So yeah, but in, ah, in the US, I, I, in the I US, thought you were I like just giving is. us the phonetic, like pronunciation, so we know what the hell yeah. you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, that's a big festival. Ah, is that the is that the one where where you build like bowers and and sort of. You know, and, and this one, this couples kind of run of off and do and do yeah. and do couple things. It's it's bonfire night. Bonfire. Um, so, yeah, this is the night where um, it's very thin between the worlds, and so ah, the that's bonfires right. are there to. Some folks say welcome the spirits. Some folks say repel the spirits. But anyway, lots of spirits today. Ah, so. okay. <laughs> I just looked at the date. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm located in time, if not place. Speaking of place, where you at? And I'm in Boston right now. Um, yeah. yeah, but my my place where my bees are is a little bit further out in the country. So Sweet. A little and your niece, setting. your niece, is that like yeah. bro brother niece or sister niece? Oh, thanks for asking. Sister niece. Yeah. Sister niece. Sweet. And yeah. lots of sisters yeah. like, you know, um, the well, Irish I, thing. I you got like 12 sister. brothers and sisters. Or... <laughs> you know, our family is this um, story of, of, um, of, I don't know, story of interesting demographics. So my great grandparents, 11 siblings, in, or my grandparents, 11 siblings in one family, 12 in the other. My parents, five and six, our, our family, I have one brother, one sister, so three. And now of us three, just two, two in the next gen. So we're, there we go. So you're, um, yeah, dying off. <laughs> <laughs> it's the great replacement. You know, which do you want to say? <laughs> It's the great replacement. We're doing it over here. There's more Aboriginal people with Irish names in Australia than there are Irish people. Interesting. Um, that's not yeah. that's not a true statistic, but it's a, it's, it's a <laughs> it bit of hyperbole. But yeah, no. Um, there there was a big kind of embassy, you know, between the Celts and and Indigenous Australia because nobody else would talk to us. Yeah. Except you, you came up and you kind of hated the English as much as we did. And um, Oh, yeah, there's a great bonding. Yeah, so like there, so. Uh, more than half Aboriginal families have Irish names because um, you all married in and, and sort of well, came that, into I the country that way. That it was, compared uh, to the U.S. where we're, again, yeah. dying out. And together, so. <laughs> together we invented Australian Rules Football, which was like a mashup of, um, of the Celtic game and the Aboriginal game. 
A great, a great yeah. hybridization. Yeah. That's it. That's it. It's always Jason, great. tell me, uh, tell me about your place. I've only barely visited. And so I don't have a great image in my mind. Well, it's, it's really big sugar bag country. All right. So right up north, you know, there's a little pointy bit up the top of Australia. Mm-hmm. Up on the, on the left side of that. Um, All right. There's a little place called Cape Kiwia. That's where the Dutch came like 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then and limped back, <laughs> full of spears, you know, and so and that was that was what triggered the uh, the world's first corporation was the losses from that oh, journey, yeah. So my clan, my clan was the wow. one that kickstarted the global financial system. We're well, responsible for finance as, sure as it currently exists. I'm not sure if I should thank exists. you for that or not. <laughs> <laughs> so your your day job, you know, it's uh. We should be in royalties or something. Anyway, look, <clears throat> sugar bag country. So sugar bag is uh, native honey, and it's different. It, it's very different from the the domesticated uh, sort of honey. And the, and because uh, we have sort of stingless social bees. I don't know if you ever heard of them. No. Nope. Those tiny little. So they're smaller than a fly. Little black oh, things. Oh, little ones. And they exist Neat. in a belt, like. Um, uh, this sort of sub-equatorial belt that just goes all around the planet. So they've got them in Argentina, South Africa, you know, um, in a lot of the islands and that. It goes right around the globe like that. There's, there's, uh, there's a few different ones. There's Australplebia, there's uh, Trigona carbonaria. These are the Latin names. Um, we call them, we call them mayat. Um, that's the kind of food. But then the bee is called a tau. You know, um, <clears throat> the bee itself, but the bee itself is fairly irrelevant. It's got like, you know, it's got big, big story for it, but it's about that idea of the sugar bag itself as a substance, yeah. as, a, as a phenomenon, as a, as this thing in creation. But the bee, you kind of follow, like a lot of the old ancestor heroes followed bees, Yep. you know, in journeys and, and the, the, the bees give you signs and things like that. Uh, awesome. But it's different. They're tiny little and no sting, but they nip you like, you know, little ants can nip you. Oh, so they bite. They just nip you. So they're, they're, not, they're not, yeah, but they're just like pinching yeah. you and they can yeah. get it. They can get annoying, but that's about it. So it's really easy. You don't need to put smoke or, you know, cover yourself up or anything. You just get right oh, in Oh, that's pretty great. You yeah. just knock, knock the branch down or, um, or, um, I, I'm, my dad used to climb, climb a tree with an ax in his teeth and cut it. <laughs> Cut the hive open up there, um, and the and the wax is black. It's oh wow! Wom, and there's a big uh, the brood goes in a spiral. Uh, mm-hmm. It still has the hexagon, uh, all the little hexagons. Um, okay. But it ends up it gets really chaotic around after the after the brood, so it looks like you know in Alien the Alien movies. <laughs> you know when the aliens would build all the stuff all around the walls and stuff like that, and like just yeah. Like, yeah. Sort of embed humans in there to, you know, hatch their babies and that sort of thing. It looks a bit like that. Whoa! All right, yeah. that's so that's sugar bag. So yeah, awesome. so I'm from sugar bag country, and I used to um, um, I used to run a lot of hives, and I tried a lot in boxes. Um, and they're pretty easy because once it fills up, you just split them, put an empty mm-hmm. one on top, empty one on the bottom, of the other one, and then you wait another season, and you got you know four. Um, so you know they're pretty good to breed like that but I always found the best one was just the log hive where you cut the log and then you just put boards either end you know 
Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. And then you put, you know, you chainsaw in a way so you can just lift it, the panel off so you keep it in the log. Uh, the log yeah. hives, weirdly enough, are more productive than the square ones. Oh, that's interesting. Anyway, so now I've moved to Melbourne, three and a half thousand kilometers south of there, and those bees can't survive down here because it's too cold. But my, oh, got it. my okay. spouse, Megan, she runs domestic beehives. You know, we got, yeah. Well, we had a couple, but then the council told us we had to get rid of one. Oh, That's a sorry. whole other story. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so so she's running them out there, and it's that season here now where they're just um, where it's Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah. And we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get into that, like you know, it's not yeah, because usually what happens in the hive stays in the hive, but but we're gonna uh, we're gonna bring that out today. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah, so that's uh, there. There, that's I've just placed that in 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 the sort of in 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 history and 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 sort of global finance and and um, and I don't know <laughs> and biology awesome. as as much as I could as quick as yeah. I could. So that that's my bee experience. All I do with her though is assist. So I'm not an expert on these uh, you know these these European bees. We've got the Italian ones. Oh yeah. The yeah. ones that sometimes they they crossbreed them with African ones, didn't you know? And they become Africanized bees, Catherine. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Africanized bees, and they're coming for your children. Oh All my these gosh. Africanized bees, why oh, you got to watch out for them? You got to look out; they'll sting you to death. It's, they killed two dogs. Two dogs, Catherine. <laughs> It's every newspaper story. They always manage to kill a couple of dogs. It is uh, incredible. I can see the exclamation points now. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, there's the sort of, there's the weave that we're building on here. Feel free to just start stitching in there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so, um, gosh, well, you could go in so many different directions there. I think um, what intrigues me here is is just that, interface right like human and nature right we're supposed to be part of nature <laughs> and yet the language you just described and kind of the the stories that we put on top of it um sometimes those stories kind of knit the whole world together and, mm. and hold it that way and sometimes it's just the opposite you know so yeah. i'm just so intrigued by um the potential there right it's it's not automatically it's not automatically positive right you could twist it yeah in, in a in a in an interesting way and so the reason that's striking me is i find that the same is true throughout so much of my work right you have an idea that theoretically holds so much promise and so much mm. potential and yet depending how uh it's done it could it could twist any which way you know mm. so um that's that's what's running through my head as it as is you make i mean note. you know in, in our worldview it's here it's such a unifying fabric you know the sugar bag mm -hmm. and there are so many mm -hmm. different varieties and species you know with different names you know as well yeah um, and and but then but most of the bee species native bee species in australia there i mean there are it's a huge biodiversity here most of them are solitary bees, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, which which are really cool. I, I love those yeah. solitary bees, and that you, you only get a little bit of honey, but you just put the stick in that little 
in the little hole they've drilled in the ceiling. Teeny little drops, yeah. Yeah, have a little bit of sweet, something nice. But yeah, it's just, um, it just, it does weave things together. It holds things together. I mean, it's very strongly in a lot of places associated with um, rainbow and moon and, um, mm-hmm. you know, often that rainbow serpent or crocodile, you know, the, the that may at uh, sugar bag sort of, that's... Um, you know, it's 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 a really big part of things, and even the hollow log is very significant. You know, a hollowed out log is is culturally really significant. So there are a lot of, you know, there are a lot of things here. So many of our big stories start out with one of the hero ancestors following a honeybee. Mm-hmm. You know, because you throw a little bit of flower or ochre on the bee when you see it, and that's how you track it back to the hive. You know, uh, so that you, you keep your yeah. eye on it because they're really small. Yeah, they're hard to follow. Hard to spot. Yeah. But then, you know, you read Shakespeare and it's like, you know, the well, the, bee, the beehive, there's a king. There's a king and all the soldiers. <laughs> yeah, this whole, um, I don't know, militarization uh, of everything. Um, <clears throat> I've, been, I've been trying in my work to demilitarize the the language of just just business i mean it's just business right it's not war yeah come on um and yet um boy it's everywhere and when it's not militaristic language it's sports language which is pretty much the same thing you know just slightly slightly adapted um so i've been trying to replace military terms with natural terms um and that sounds like such a small thing but it it really does reframe the conversation. You know, if you use a word like emerge or evolve instead of a word like sort or scan, um, you know, you end up in a slightly different place, you know, That's talking it. about something that is more of a system and less of a machine. That's it. But it's difficult when you're foundational. Well, I mean, so you look at, um, you know, and the Amorites, which dwelt in that mountain, came out against you and chased you as bees do and destroyed you <laughs> and like um you know oh i'm looking for another one here bible quotes here like look so and they they um they compass me about like bees they are quenched as the fire of thorns for in the name of the lord i will destroy them there's like <laughs> there's all these full-on things um you know, there's so many. It's oh, it's all the rugged ravines and the clefts of the rocks and the thorn bushes and and um, these, yeah, and the armies like flies and bees will come and settle on <laughs> these places. Yes. It's like, oh my goodness. But then, um, you know, when it's nice, it's talking about the honey. There's milk and honey. There's this land here. You got milk. You got honey. Everything's good. Everything's sweet. Yeah. Everything's abundant. And I see that it this coming across in all the new age projections too with like um you know if b is your spirit animal you know then you can call on that when you want to manifest abundance because i'm manifesting abundance i guess that's better than the opposite (laughs) yeah i guess so it's better than killer bees the african bees are coming yeah well i think this is the thing i think this um it it all falls into kind of its proper proportions if you're really 
connected to to a place or a creature you know you you see all those layers right in between yeah, these yeah. two these two extremes and even the extreme quotes you can take them in in context right because you know yeah. what's in between those two extremes i think um one thing that's troubling is i find for myself anyway there's so many settings now where i don't have that context i don't have that connection and and so all you have are these two kind of poles to orient yourself and um neither one of them is is satisfying or even accurate you know in isolation and so yeah. this this bit by bit kind of reconnecting um is at the root of so many other things and um and yet wow uh it's tempting to want to skip over that and just you know uh, it, yeah it really take is. your bee spirit animal card and go forward because right? <laughs> um, <laughs> they're reconnecting i mean i well I'll, I'll speak for myself like whoa it's some it's some serious work you know it's the work of a lifetime oh, uh, or more perhaps yeah, yeah. and so and it's dirty and it yeah. hurts and it's hard and exactly but just so much joy there yeah yeah yeah, yeah. There, there's joy but not much bliss Ooh, that's a neat it, distinction yeah uh, like yeah, i think people deep, seek these ecstatic joy. these little ecstatic feedback loops don't they yeah you know and, and it's so it's easy to just get that little you know that a little a little peek. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, i've got my yeah. my bee spirit guide now and i'm just gonna buzz around in that for a bit yeah and just well feel great. you know sometimes we need that right to kind of keep going on yeah. on the longer road so again I'm, I'm okay with that except sometimes i mistake the spike for the end yeah. <laughs> we're not there yet you know yeah. Um, I quite. I don't mind yeah. getting stung by the bees. No. I've always. I never felt like. I always feel like it does you good somehow. Like that gets in your blood and does something good for you. There's a lot of folks who think it's it's a really you know powerful medicine for all kinds of things. I also kind of feel like I've never been stung where I didn't deserve it. You know. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's something well, so how my spouse became a beekeeper is she she just kept saying she wanted to do it and so on her birthday like um a couple of years back i think it was or, or last year i can't remember i think it was last year well the i don't know it was just before lockdowns started yeah it was at the start of COVID, and so i bought mm -hmm. like i bought this but she was still asleep you know so i got up early and i, and I got this hive and i moved it I, like i got it and i was carrying it out the back geez they're heavy you know, big double. They are heavy. They are heavy, so I'm carrying it myself. I don't know anything about bees. And it sort of cracked open. And like, it, in the time it took me to put it, you know, in its the place that I'd made for it, I got stung like maybe 30 times. Oh, that's a lot. That's a <laughs> And then lot. I had to go inside and make breakfast and like, Whoa. she's all like, why are you so grumpy? You know, like, I'm like, I'm fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> <laughs> like my belly's I got a big belly full of bee sting. That's quite a start to the day, wow. <laughs> and, so, and I had to just like suck it up and pretend everything was fine. And then she thought I was mad at her and then we had a big fight and was like, Oh god, happy birthday. Look, here's your bees. Here's your darn bees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that, uh, is, that is a serious gift. Wow. Yeah, it is. <laughs> And so she come in, in the, she's in the deep end and having to deal with, and, 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 
and I didn't know anything about those bees. And so, you know, so we came into this season now, the Game of Thrones season, you know, and suddenly we had to deal with that as novices and was, um, it was that was full on. It's so anyway, crazy tell, stuff. Tell us, tell us the Game of Thrones season. The, uh, oh my gosh of, well you when know, the we're bees opposite, are really right? so, doing their things yeah so it, so you're gonna have to nuts. think forward um well for me this was another lesson in uh in 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 kind of reconnection so pretty often i'm in one place my bees are in another place sometimes that's great you know they actually mm. do better if i just leave, leave them, them leave them yep. be so to speak slack, <laughs> um, slack so over yeah over the longer arc of time it's probably good that i'm not fussing with them too much but this this past year with all the lockdowns i was right there with them day to day in a way that's not usually the case and sure enough whoa all kinds of crazy stuff happens when my back is turned so um two different times um we just had some massive swarming and luckily mine are away from neighbors except for some chickens so it, it turned out okay but um you know, had to catch the queen twice put her back in <laughs> it was it was very uh, very dramatic uh, and uh, um boy you can't you can't miss it you know i had done so much research and read a lot and you studied a lot but i'd never actually seen a swarm before and boy there's no mistake in it uh yeah. when when it's there you know um and then sure enough you know when that happens you open things up another queen or one about to be or five about to be and like then it gets a little a little bit much um that was the third question from the second grade is it true the queen sometimes kills her own daughter like oh my gosh these kids were on it man like yeah oh it's full on it's it's full on but in, in that season i'm so you got all your little um you know, so you got all, all your cells, you know, and, and then and, and then there's the massive ones where you, there's another queen going to be born. Yeah. We, we opened them up the other day and there's like seven of them. Oh, wow. You know, yeah. like seven queens all getting ready to yeah. come out. And then, and we saw like, there were a few already broken open, you know, like alien. Um, and it's like, oh yeah. my God. And they're, and they're all, they're still too small. So we can't tell which ones are like the queens that are going to make all the trouble, you know, because right. they don't get along. They don't share power very well, nope. <laughs> and they're gonna run around and spread rumors about the the current queen and like and like gather it's together something. people as they can, yeah. and then off they go. Yeah. You know, well, so we've had to chase a couple of swarms. Had to chase a couple of swarms. Did you get did you? And yeah, we we did. Um, <laughs> look, we <laughs> did you? Uh, I don't know if you heard the big V eight starting up next door, but this no. is when you you find out about your neighbors <laughs> when you. <laughs> And you got your bees on, you know, and it's in this season because they're, they're visibly swarm like people. That's when you see all the stuff that like they normally won't say to you <laughs> oh. when you're sort of in this progress of process of reverse gentrification of a neighborhood. Yes. <laughs> and you've kind of moved in. Um, yeah. And then all of a sudden you hear like they're, they're on the phone, like very loud complaints to the council, you know, about these swarming bees. Um, and the Aborigines next door, <laughs> kind of thing. The Aboriginals wow. next door—they got bees, and they and they don't look. I tell you, it's just one rule for them, and it's one rule for us. And I'm just bloody sick of it. And why do I keep seeing all these shows on TV? I'm just try oh. watching a cooking show, and all of a sudden, people are telling me to eat native foods. I'm bloody just sick of hearing about it. 
can you get rid of these abri- these bees from next door for me, please? Wow. <laughs> like, full on. Wow. Oh, and just, um, <clears throat> but really nice people. You know, like I go out later on, I'm like, good afternoon, neighbor. And it's, oh, good afternoon. Good to see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, oh, look, 40 years I've been an engineer and, and it's all fine. You know, I'm just going along minding my own business. And suddenly there's Cambodian engineers and then there's Greek engineers and Italian engineers. They're all coming in. I don't know what to do. They're all coming into my place. And then, huh. then you wouldn't believe it. You wouldn't believe it. But suddenly there's just all kinds of Asian engineers in, in here <laughs> our place. And, and it's all fine. It's all good because I really like their food. I've tried all of their food and I quite love it. And tell me this. Why can't I get a good Hungarian meal at a Hungarian restaurant? Yes. See? Anyway, I think it was very nice talking to you. Goodbye. And off he goes back in. Um, but no, it was like going, we, we'd seen it on both sides and all around the neighborhood that suddenly, like suddenly there's racism and there hasn't been before. Mm-hmm. Well, not that we've heard. They probably just yeah. whisper about that when they exchange banana cakes with yeah. each other and stuff like that. But um, yeah, so straight away it's just like, oh, but it's the projecting and, and there's something about bees like that uh, brings out like the best and worst in people and yeah, in, in really bad like, ways because the best, I don't know, the best in people is no good. Nobody can maintain that. Nobody can manifest abundance through their spirit yeah. animal forever and, 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 then, and then the worst. And, and anyway, we yeah. just both, you and I seem to be people who sort of dwell in the middle ground of of beedom and i like um, the middle ground it's where all the fun is you know um so the real stuff is and everything well, else yeah, is lies you, it's misinformation on both the, ends well yeah you kind of i don't know i think of it like a like a saucer right like both ends might be true but there's no depth to it right like the depth is all yeah. In the yeah. middle, right? You right, get all a, these different layers stacked up and so I'm gonna have to say base of attraction now like i'm just gonna have to say it yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Although it's not very attractive because <laughs> nobody wants to go there. So that doesn't work as a metaphor no, at all. It, I mean, it's it's hard to be fair. Like it, it takes a little more work. But, um, mm. you know, I'm thinking as you're telling that story about the bees, but not really the bees. Um, one of my one of my newest associates on my team when we were first trying to figure out some of the impacts of COVID and we had this giant, you know, what can we learn you know trying to make sense of something that wasn't so sensible at the time and she said you know it's hard for me to tell what's being caused and what's being revealed oh and i just think of it almost every day i mean two years in now like whoa um so this question what's being revealed you know you peel back just one or two layers yeah can't can't paper it over forever oh i I just really love it because i know there's that that, uh sort of objective idea that that idea of that empirical idea of emergence emergence is a phenomenon and then you might observe it but then the the meaning making layer of something being revealed yeah i wonder if we um I mean, this is something that's come up in some of the the Santa Fe discussions because they're doing a lot of amazing work on emergence. Um, oh, so we should mention that you're not just a big. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're also like uh, heading up the Santa Fe Institute. The, yeah, well, uh, not the just complexity. The, just the board. I'm not. <laughs> the board. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're the, the board, yeah. so you're the you're chairing the board of the Santa Fe Institute. I 
complexity yeah, science. I am indeed. And, and, um, and, 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 and you're also running a, like, you're an investment person, like a sustainable investment, you know. I am, um, yeah, but, yeah. And we and can then, get to that I, later. I'm more interested in the bees to begin with. Yeah. And, and then we'll, we'll see what emerges from, like, I, I don't want to talk about economics first and then project things onto the bees. No, it's I best. Want, I want bees to, to be the frame. The other way. <laughs> you know, you do your embedded frames and, and, you, you, um, and, you, and you put them in the hive and you embed the frames first. Like, let's let's do that. It's a great it's a great direction to go. Well, so I wonder. I mean, and and one reason I love bees, right? They're they're a great example of a complex adaptive system, which is the the work of the Santa Fe Institute. And so, just this um, open ended curiosity of like, hmm. How do things work? Can we describe them better? Can we characterize them more accurately? Can we understand them in in this middle layer, you know, with all the different all the different nuances and depth to it? And so, there's been a, a lot of of work um, that's accelerated recently about emergence and the the science of emergence, um, which is fascinating. And I'm I'm just barely beginning to to learn it. But one of my bigger questions on that front is. Are, are we sure when we identify something as emergence that that it is emergence and it's not revelation? Um, and, mm. you know, it might be emergent to us because we couldn't see it before, but that doesn't mean it's actually new. Uh, and so that's it. I don't know what to do with that question yet, but it's it's a yeah. big one. I'm saying yeah. novel. So, I mean, what the here? Yeah. yeah, something that's novel like a, mm -hmm. a, a novel virus or a, a, a novel technology for dealing with the virus or something like that it's um yeah there's this it there's a lot of there's a lot of words for these things yes a, a, and I'm a lot not of different sure. ways of looking at it that depend <laughs> on where you're standing when you look well that's the thing i mean some of the more interesting science that's been done like um there's a woman who studies fireflies and one or it or it, i'm gonna forget her last name we'll look it up um but anyway one of the greatest um findings that they came across during their research was that if you're trying to study fireflies and you're standing at a distance what you see is obviously completely different than if you're in the middle mm. of the swarm and and looking all around i mean same mm. with bees right and so changing the vantage point changed the science entirely in terms of what was observable and um, what could be learned from it. And so, you know, that gets to this question of objective and subjective, you know, is, is there really such a thing as objective? You know, mm. some of my teachers would hate to say no, but mm, here we are. That's it. I mean, and you try to, um, I don't know, you, you try to, you try to have good story, you know, you try to have good theory, you know, ideology, good ethics, you know, all these things that um, tell you how you're going to behave. And, um, <clears throat> but in the end, like half the time you don't know until you're there. So we're trying to combine two hives the other day, you know, and, you know, we're having to decide like, so which way do we go with that? Like, do we hunt out all the queens and then have a, like, you know, the queen from this hive mm. and the queen from that hive and any other emergent ones in this season? <clears throat> And do we like pick the fittest one? Do we yeah. pick like the biggest, like, or the most docile one? Like, how do we select which one and then murder the other queens? Or do we like spend 50 bucks and actually get someone to send us a new queen 
who's going to be good and docile and sort them all out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, do you do all these things? Totally. Or, you know, do we just put a nice little bit of butcher's paper in between um, and just give them some time to chew through that? And while and they're see. chewing through, then all the pheromones will mix together and they'll be friendly by the time they meet. And then everyone in the hive will sort of decide, uh, no, let's get rid of this queen. We'll keep that one. Like, uh, yeah. do you let, I don't know, wherever possible we try to let nature do the heavy lifting it's kind of it's 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 kind of more efficient you know like dealing with um the small hive beetles you know we get those that pest comes in you get those ones over there you do and it's like oh my god yeah we got to inspect we got to get rid of these small hive beetles and and um you know but then you go in and you notice that they've just kind of corralled them off and you're thinking why aren't these bees just stinging these beetles to death you know but they've kind of like yeah, no, we'll just build some wax walls around that we'll building. Yeah. We'll just keep him in the corner. Effective. Keep him in the yeah. corner there. Keep him fed. And, and and the bee doesn't have to die by doing that then. Yeah. You get to, yeah. Keep him keep him yeah. happy, but just don't let him, you know, walk yeah. around anywhere in the hive and, and, and it's all good. Um, not so bad. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I think you, I mean you can learn so much about um about people, uh, by asking how they keep their bees and you know, there's so many parallels to other parts of life here. Like there, there's a group of folks where their only measure of success is output of honey for them at the end of the season. Yeah. You know, and so what makes sense to them and what seems like an obviously right thing to do might be a totally different thing than someone whose measure of success is like using the least amount of pesticides on the hive, right? Like, yeah. whoa, um, really different measures of, of what constitutes good outcomes and again that translates into so many different settings but instead of recognizing oh we have different goals here let's talk about why we have different goals and and maybe there's a conversation to be had there instead if you go on like a beekeeper forum or, or even just gather which but oh my gosh you've never heard people yell so loud um, you know, this, this is right i didn't this know about right this with a capital r oh this, this is, is huge to do don't listen to that guy Oh my god! There's bee factions. There's factions in the beekeeping community. Holy moly! Oh my gosh, big time! And so, wow. Is there anywhere where like like, where we don't have this? Is there like one community on the planet that isn't just being completely ripped apart right now? I will admit, I was kind of hoping that you know the beekeeping society of the world would be like. Yeah, this that, that would be the, the jewel in the crown no. of reason. No, <laughs> no, no conviviality. I, I don't know. We're, we're finding like uh, our. It's it's really interesting. It's you know we've been isolated in Melbourne. You know, mm-hmm. it's I, I found it really hard to adjust to the city life here in the last few yeah. years. Um, but it, this is the first evidence of community I've seen though. Interesting. It's the beekeepers, hmm. and you, you don't even mm-hmm. realize how many are around. And, and, There's and a lot. Walking, and you're just smelling. Oh, so there's a nectar run going on over there, and you look over the vents. Hey, they got bees. And then you I knock on the door, it. you go and you have a cup of tea, and you're like, yeah. yeah. And everyone yeah. connects, I guess, as long as you're not going on the, in, in the forums. Just don't, just don't. Just just stay don't out of the comment like section. Stay out of the comment section of bee videos on YouTube, and you. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's vicious. It's vicious. But yeah, oh the community God, part is funny. great. Lots of lots of good mentors, lots of good teaching. But boy, some strongly held views. Oh yeah. my goodness. 
<sighs> yeah. And again, this question of, I mean, like the Hive Beetles is a great example. Like, you wouldn't know that's what was happening unless you watched, mm. you know, and, and wanted to observe as opposed to wanting to intervene mm. at the first possible moment. And so, you know, there's something kind of sweet there. There, There is this, um, I think, sincere desire to help, you know, but intervening isn't always helping, right? And again, that's true in so many different dimensions, but I, I try to keep in mind that the sweetness that's there, right? Like, I, I think it's sincere. Um, and so I want to honor that even when the outcome is maybe yeah. less great. <laughs> that's it. Look, that hexagon, it, um, it strikes me that the hexagon is, is a pretty damn efficient use of space. Totally true. I think it's, um, what are your well, I don't there? think I know. It's, um, it's mathematically accurate. It is the least amount of material for the largest and strongest shape that you can make. So if you're thinking about efficiency and effectiveness and the fact that kind of hard to produce wax just out of your body um this is this is the way to go uh the hexagon so why aren't we packaging everything in that i don't know i have noticed it way more often and it might have to do with the save the bees rallying cry but i've seen it a lot more often in like corporate logos this last couple oh, years oh, it is now it is now a powerpoint that you can pick is the yeah <laughs> There are worse things. Um, it's full on. I, I was um, I was in a government <laughs> department. Must have been oh nearly. Oh, when was it? Must have been around 2010. Around then, and they changed their logo. You know, to these hexagons, just sort of interconnected. You know, in really groovy ways. And I'm like, oh, hey, sugar bag, what's going on? <laughs> you know, um, so yeah, what? So what's what's what does that mean? Is this a shift in your philosophy? Are you, you know, are you going to be working in yeah. different ways, like connecting up yeah. the community? How does it? And they just went, I, we don't know. That's um. I'm like, well, what does it mean? It's like, well, it's just that's the logo. <laughs> so here's it, it here's didn't mean anything. That I, <laughs> I I like to maintain this this fantasy though that the design community mm. totally has an agenda and completely knows it and they're collecting oh. their fees and they're putting honeycombs everywhere and before you know they're it all sacred geometry nerds. Org charts and we'll be able to say oh but you know i saw your logo over here and it sort of implies you know this level of interconnection so tell me about that like you yeah. can only get that question so many times before you that's it it's right. like yep this so. fl flower of life here it's your logo you better look it up um etc yeah, yeah. So I don't know. You never know what what's gonna what's gonna be eleven. You, you so do I'll, never know. I'll, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I think um, I don't know. I think people ruin things with woo woo. So I think that would be a really that would be a really good strategy, to just quietly get the geometries, uh, out there of 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 wisdom, um, because things yeah. get you know things get celebrated real quick without much knowledge and and, and yep. it, they get they get ruined if you remember when um everyone went nuts for fibonacci um sort of back i don't know not long after 9 11 i think it was like it, it, there was like a lot of woo woo around fibonacci and yes. the gold, golden yes. ratio and um you know and 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 oh and a lot of semiotic weirdness 
too like you know and 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 that's when you know and people were really starting to look into all the um you know conspiracy theories the secret organizations and um oh god you know yeah. the, the, the the you know magdalene cults and and um remember dan brown like dan brown put out a book and then everybody went nuts about the freemasons and about you know you know, yeah, so where did where, yeah. did where did Jesus' kids go? You know, and they were like tracking the bloodline to France and all this kind of weird stuff. There was some yeah. weird stuff going on at, at, at that time. They kind of ruined well, Fibonacci for like, me. Seems like there always is. You know, I remember the Fibonacci element though, because um, my my first real math teacher who taught us algebra and geometry in junior high, Mr. McGalla, uh, he taught us about Fibonacci numbers, and we were in rural Pennsylvania and uh, he made us go to the college library, which was mm. the only place you could actually look up what Fibonacci numbers were. And it was a big deal to do this first research paper. So every time I hear Fibonacci, I think Mr. Miala, um, he, he would have had no time for some of the <laughs> spirals that that took, no pun intended, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so but that's, but that's, I think, um, it's such a neat example, right? Because here's something that really is pretty amazing. And and again, there's something sweet, right? Like we, we want to be amazed, right? We we want mm. to ask these bigger questions. And and yet it's so easy to settle for the Dan Brown version. No thing mm. to Dan Brown. Mm. But like there's some neat questions there. That yeah, yeah. Actually would be kind of cool to pursue, yeah. but maybe in a different way, right? And so um I don't I don't know. Um Again, I, I take great comfort in the fact that that desire is there, like that, that mm. curiosity is there, and we just don't always know how to get at it. Yeah, um, it's like being well, it, hungry, and it's it's weird because I mean it, it comes back to that tendency for people to either go completely, be is my spirit animal, or you know Africanized bees, and there's nothing in between. Yeah, you know it, it seems to be that most of the responses to everything are are, are way up, like not not in any way that's a, any kind of useful observation or anything like that, you know, yeah. because there is, you know, there are four small, like, how do you, how does that evolve that all around the entire world, all of these like very different little organisms all end up making these hexagons, you know, how do they, how do they get to that place where that geometry just ends up universalizing around the globe and, and, and at the bottom of the sea and all these places, like, okay, there's there's some kind of force multiplier in here. There's 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 something that we could that we could observe. There's something that we could measure. Yeah. There's something thing we could find. And if we found that, then you know the economies of scale that happen in nature, like potentially that's instead of you know buy five get one free, we could be down at buy four get one free and. Um, you know, really, really make some <laughs> amazing gains in efficiency so in these uh, tinkered yeah. human systems, you know? Yeah. Like we could go beyond biomimicry and actually find a way to re-embed all of these lost cultures, to re-embed them in the landscape. So that to the point that people, like we wouldn't need a separate word for na nature anymore because we would just right. be, be that Back again. In it. We've it hasn't been, been long in. since we've been separated from it. No, Many no, that's a comfort beings, too, right? It's, you it's know? a blink of an um, eye. So, a yeah, thing. but yeah. coming back to that thing, it's, um, you know, it, 
it it deserves sober reflection. It and and the woo woos on this side and the haters on that side kind of ruin it for everybody. Because you really you really need to be able to look at look at those things and go, okay, so what is the force multiplier and how could we test for it? How could we yeah. how could we how could we do that? And this I I don't know if it's if it's possible just with that um, thing though. I've explored this with a Maori fella who was telling oh, yeah? me all of the um, all of the indicators, all of the observable indicators of mana being present in a garden. And I was like, oh, this is great. We, we, we can actually measure this substance of mana, <laughs> the Maori you know, spirit idea of mana. And, um, and every time we put an experiment together for it, it would just fall apart. It just, mm. it's like uh, Quicksilver. Yeah. It's elusive. I don't know. Yeah. You got any ideas? Oh, gosh. I mean, how do we pin this butterfly to the board? Or oh. um, or do we just watch it in flight? Well, that's such a great one. You know, that's one of my favorite things I learned from Goethe, right? That idea that you can pin it to the board, you can measure it all you want, but if you've never seen it fly, ah. you're missing the whole point, right? And I, I, one thing that really intrigues me is when I, when I can trace a question to some level of, of, you know, rigorous investigation from a scientific perspective, from a philosophical perspective, from a spiritual perspective, and they all are trying to tell you the same thing. Mm -hmm. Like that usually to me is, is an indicator like, Ooh, there's something here, right? Like I might not get it yet. We might not have explored it in quite the right way. Um, but there's something here that's important, you know, that's, that's there is. worth exploring or we wouldn't keep coming back to it over and over and over again. And so, hey, Catherine, did you yeah. know that, did you know that, that according to the laws of physics, bees shouldn't even be able to fly, but somehow <laughs> they do. Did you know that? <laughs> hey, you laughing now. I mean, it's such a good, it's such a good, um, it's such a good example because again, like this, um, the capacity we have for wonder is such a gift and I'm not sure we always treat it as such, right? And so sometimes we wonder at stuff that's a little bit misguided, but you know, when you have that true sense of wonder, right? Mm. Like, ooh. Mm. Again, like that, that's just such a powerful signal and it's a sophisticated <clears throat> signal and we're taught to dismiss it so quickly. Um, so I've been trying to kind of retrain myself, like anything, whether it's an idea or a poem or a song or a tree, like anything that makes mm. me go, ooh, to just stop, you know, before I turn it into either something intellectual that I can learn and move past or something that's like frivolous that I should just set aside and get back to work. Like, you know, just sit still for a minute, mm. you know, mm. like in that in that space um again it's just a capacity not only have we not nurtured it but i think we've actively dismissed it for a while um but boy if we started there that starts filling in the middle again right it's it's in between this like you know overly simplistic delight that's fleeting because there's no depth to it and this just meanness 
uh, on the other end of the spectrum, right? Like, oh, anything that makes you wonder in that true way, it means there's a lot there to explore. Like, mm. it's, it's worrying. There is. You know? There is. And try not to project too much onto things. Yeah. yeah. Because do you know what? Do you know what else, Catherine? What? Do you know what else? Like, in the Quran, right? Written like 1400 years ago. It, it says that bees bees are female and the male bees stay in a hive and the female bees go out and get the honey and they have a queen. Really? Yeah, it says it in the Quran. So they knew they knew that before Western science knew that. And you know what else? Catherine, what? white white people are evil. Yeah, that's, I didn't know that. That's what I'm taking from that. <laughs> <laughs> It's just there's great things there. And then he's there's great things there, and up. like just don't ruin it. Just don't ruin it with the silly. Yeah, don't ruin it with the silly. Okay, so which way we go? Growth or degrowth? Do we go oh, limitless, in, infinite growth, or do we go? And you know what I love about your thinking, like your thinking, Catherine. You, like ah, uh, I don't know. I think because of the bees, and because you're like. You, you know this, you, you don't get stuck in the dichotomies. Then you, you, you do some awesome thinking about nature, um, mm. like right down, but your nature as well, to the point where you can talk about the difference between weight gain from pregnancy and weight gain from pizza. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that metaphor. Go on, like throw that story. <laughs> oh, gosh. Do that story for me. Well, so here here is my lesson about um, just what we were talking about, like, well, sometimes you strike a nerve and you're not even sure why. So um, this was a very formative experience for me. I, I wrote this book and I, I think it's a totally self-evident thing. Like there's the book is really called healthy growth. Oh, uh, the nature of investing nature quite, of quite, investing some, quite some time ago now. Um, but, but a, 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 to me, a very self-evident statement is um there is healthy growth and less healthy growth in all sorts of different settings um so i said this on my one and only cnbc appearance ever and oh my gosh the violence that was flung back at me for even suggesting <sighs> that there was such a thing as unhealthy growth i was completely unprepared it was <laughs> it was very short but deeply traumatizing well it was it, that was two because things it, it was, was two things because you were fat shaming you're doing fat shaming okay. and criticizing growth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was just um, like, whoa, um, where is this level of emotion coming from? Like, this is a self-evident statement. Um, so, so I gave the example, you know, you, you, you can gain 20 pounds because you're having a baby, which is, you know, miracle of life. You can gain 20 pounds because you ate too much pizza. Um, you know, they're not equivalent, even yeah. though the method is equivalent, right? And so... Again, this is true in so many settings. I, I use it in my investment work all the time. You know, company can show the same amount of profit. You can get there by pillaging or you can get there by creating. And mm. there's there's nothing on my spreadsheet that tells me which it is. You know, like it takes human judgment to, mm. to really um, understand how that came about. And so I worry that the growth degrowth discussion is falling into this same trap, right? Like, oh, pick one. Yeah. And then, and then we're going to fight about it. And first of all, degrowth needs a new brand because that's just inherently, like, I think, an inflammatory way to say it. Everything My needs question a new is, brand. Um, 
my question is gro growth of what and why, right? So I think you could easily have an economy that is growing in a less stuff intensive way, but it's increasing in value, it's increasing in joy, it's increasing in benefit, you know, all, all the things that you would want to see. Vice versa, you could have a, 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 a society or economy that's, that's growing really quickly um, and looks great on that one economic dimension, but mm. everything else is being destroyed. And so this mm. growth degrowth, I think, is, is also like this false headline for all of that you know the question is in what way do we want to grow and what do we want to grow as opposed to assuming we're only talking about gdp and one of these things is good and one of these things is bad and again we're going to take sides yeah. and fight about it like ugh. well so commodities better than that right? commodities packaging you know as a growth industry so bad yeah so so that's got to be destroyed we could destroy that and get rid of it like or or do we grow the scandinavian seaweed packaging and the like hex hex hexagonal packaging, yeah, hexagonal thing packaging. and like Mushroom and just, packaging. and just grow oh, that exponentially and um yeah and just hive up all our storage um i don't know that that would be decent kind of grow it'd, it'd, it'd be different and potentially better right like mm. it's it's at least worth exploring, right? Yeah. Um, and that's something, again, I, I've gotten so much help from the folks at the Santa Fe Institute on this. So, you know, Jeffrey West work on scaling the, the big headline, which again, I'm, I'm oversimplifying and not doing credit to his work, but um, biological systems, you know, if you're a bigger and bigger creature, your metabolism slows, right? So it's a, yeah, a sublinear scaling, right? Mm. But social systems, are, are the opposite, super, super yeah. linear. And so you inherently have this conflict, right? If we want to grow a society like this and the stuff we're depending on is growing like this, yeah. <laughs> the, gap, the gap is going to show up. But if, you, if you're if you actually operating within the laws of physics, you, there should be a maximum power principle and it should just, it should, there should be equilibrium. You know, it's it's when you're doing like illusory stuff and um, sort of magic tricks to, to rob Peter to pay Paul and, you know, Tarzan swinging yeah, from vine I mean, to vine to, exactly. you know, to kick yeah. a can down the road. That's where you get problems, eh? Well, and that's, and that's at the heart of, of where we've landed, right? Is, you know, price is not the same as value. And, and oh, yeah. it hasn't been that long in the grand scheme of history, but it's, it's been an intense period mm. of having things mispriced compared to their true value, right? So mm. those curves we just mentioned, they've, they've gone even more dramatically in in the wrong direction from one another because of this mis, mismatch of the pricing value. pricing is down to limitability and excludability is that right yeah or, or well, I, i've been yes, ideologically also, radicalized um, I, yeah i think we dismiss the fact there's a pretty pretty powerful element of social and cultural elements on pricing as well mm. you know we don't value caregiving for example in mm. any form in the united states anyway um and huh who decided that um and if we did what would that look like you know well, how would how would things be reshaped around i've got that? a non-linear solution for that okay yeah. so it, it, if 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 pricing is all about making things limitable and excludable then if suddenly there was a scarcity of childcare. Child carers, yeah, 
Which there is. Then, then all of a sudden it would be in high demand and they'd be paid as much as doctors. So maybe what you need to do is make sure that, um, okay, so uh, somehow you'd need to limit all of the, the supply of workers uh, who, who are coming in and prepared to work for, um, you know, substandard sub living wages, sub, like you can't even live on it. Uh, workers who are prepared to work on that. If you, if you, so I don't know, maybe if you like build a wall or something, build a wall along, along there, then all of a sudden, yeah, I, I, maybe that's what Trump was all about. You know, maybe it wasn't about the racism. <laughs> maybe he just respected women. He respected women so much that he wanted to see him paid well for the work that he was doing. And he was playing 5D chess, 5D chess, Catherine. Yeah, it could be. It was actually everybody had them all wrong. Who knew? Uh, Well, again, you know, I I have spent a decent amount of time in meditation these last years. Like and the the phrase like, hmm, we'll see. Hmm. Very powerful. (laughs) So like, you don't really know. The economic, um, I, I, I want to find out, I, like, I wanted to ask you about, um, you know, the whole supply-demand thing and if equilibrium's actually possible or if it's a, a fantasy or, you know, um, like, what's going on there? Because it's when, when I was first trying to get into this on going 101 and I'm reading about the economic problem and I'm like, man, that sounds serious. It's like the economic mm-hmm. problem. It's like the problem. Well, let's check that out. And it's like, oh, well, if you want your economy to grow, then demand needs to exceed supply and i'm like so what does that mean there needs to be more people missing out than what there is to go around otherwise nothing's you know what i mean we can't have increase yeah um, yeah and, that... and there's this idea of so equilibrium is supposed to you know there's there's supposed to be so you know if you cut down all the trees then the trees are scarce and then all of a sudden trees are worth a fortune no one can afford it and so therefore people yeah. stop buying trees and then all the trees grow back and that's equilibrium why doesn't that work and is that a lie and what's going on it's not quite a lie but it sure isn't a truth it's um nice it's a really simple way to model a moment in time Uh, the trouble is we don't live in the model and we don't live in a moment in time we (laughs) live on going and so this is the this is the root um that is poorly placed of of neoclassical economics and and therefore most finance uses the same math and the math is zero-sum math so the first thing you learn um econ 101 in like the first or second lecture is this phrase ceteris paribus it is still the only latin that i know uh and it means all else equal and then whenever you take a test you put cp in the corner to show that you're recognizing that you know everything you just proved in your in your math is all else equal that's a lie the all else equal it all else is never equal you know we, we live in this connected world right and so the is that where, when people actually, say in conversations all things being equal that, that yes. it's like a little disclaimer is that like it's, snuck it's, into it's the like english language no into the culture but, like you're guaranteed that oh it's my god but yeah oh my god <laughs> it's like i'm not racist but here's <laughs> my calculations <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, that's amazing. So, so 
the, the math is accurate. It is sometimes helpful, but it is deeply limited. And we set all those limitations over in the corner yeah for way too long like in a kind of shameful way like we knew better and we still did it you know for i'm not that long but like 100 years i mean long enough and so because of that the math of of neoclassical economics and and again therefore the math of finance is all based on this zero-sum fixed pie kind of math and Mm. there's two fatal flaws to that one is that it sets you up for this this magical equilibrium thinking which which never actually occurs in real life except perhaps in a fleeting momentary glimpse and it teaches you that everything is either or yes or no for me to win you have to lose Mm. bullshit so if you're really a great investor if you're really a great creator of of anything in the world it's that creation process that has the value right like you're going to um foster something of value in the world that didn't exist before and that was helped to exist because of you like that is the noble purpose that we're hopefully all called for and if you again if you look at the most successful folks over time even in those basic economic terms that's what they've done right they've created something that was valued in the world that didn't exist before they haven't just pillaged and so this is where it all kind of comes home to roost is is this zero-sum math and i I see it all the time even now in my investment work, the, the idea that if you are doing something that is beneficial for the environment, by definition, you are guaranteed to earn meaningfully less money no matter what. Mm. Says who? There's, yeah. there's almost zero evidence <laughs> that, that, is, that that is a generalizable statement. And yet, wow, it's a deep root. It's like a, um, and it goes, re- it goes a, re- a religious, that, like, you know, uh, yeah, a religious good. principle almost, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So, but but that's that's at the root, and if we get like it's, it's the bee is either your spirit animal or it's Africanized bees coming to kill you, <laughs> and pick one of them. And shut up. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, like, and, and so so you know the the caveat is um it it's true it's way messier and harder to try to model the world as it actually is, but oh my gosh, how much more interesting! And mm. at the very least, we want to know where our current models are are limited and so again but this is a so this is where you know I, I went to divinity school as well this is where my you know businessy and economic training and my divinity training comes together um it turns out that's a very tender thing to poke at mm. the idea that something you have believed to be true even if it's just from 20 years ago in economics class might not be true the idea that you know the things that we've built in terms of um, models and planning and ways to think of the world might might be, you know, flawed at a pretty foundational level. Like to me, that's fascinating, but mm. it, it's it's very threatening. I, I don't find um, many things that are entirely true or entirely false. No, it's, so, you know, again, it's, it's, it's like so nothing. There is almost <laughs> nothing that is that, you know, that's what that's why that's why you have theories. Yeah. You know, and that's what a theory, you're supposed to be able to move from, you're supposed to be able to just select the one that's most useful in that context and then be able to move to the next one. In that context, in that season, in that time, to everything, there's a season, just bloody get, get with it. You know, Newton while you're playing billiards, you know, Einstein when you're using your phone, 
because you gotta, you gotta mix and match, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you gotta, you gotta move for different purposes, and, yeah. and and neither neither of those things are true. But but no. they work. They work good enough but to win useful. some money. They're useful in different in, in, ways. In the, right? in the pool hall when yeah. you're gambling, or they, you know, or doing online gambling. You know, they yeah. they both work equally well. Um, well, and, and most so this of the is time. the thing. I think, um, you know, when we're when we're learning new things, pretty often we tend to think like, is is this right or wrong? Is this true or false? And it's so much more helpful to think when will this be useful? Like under what circumstances would this be the model that I want to turn to? Would this be the knowledge that I want to rely upon? Yeah. And vice versa, you know, when should I not rely on this? Like, when mm. is this going to fall apart? One of my favorite things to ask very sophisticated quantitative investors, which is not mm. my field at all, is, um, you know, tell me about your model. And then the next question, um, you know, just tell me under what under what circumstances would, would this be a really, you know, challenging model yeah. to use? And if the person can't answer that, I I just move on. Like I, yeah. there's yeah. there's nothing more I can converse well, with. Everybody's about, you know? for some reason everybody's panicking. Like who can I trust? The world's so complex. Who can I trust for my sense making? You know, when I'm outsourcing my you know to experts, who can? Which ones do I trust? Yeah. It's like yeah. well, the answer is you know everybody and nobody. Yeah. The same as so it's always I, I, been, brother. You just. Just really so with sense making, you know this this obsession with sense making. It's like okay, can you break that down for me? What is this sense that you're trying to extract mm, from the mm -hmm. world that you're trying mm -hmm. to make? I need to make this sense. Fit. Can somebody help me? Who do I talk to? Can I get an AI? Can I get an AI to <laughs> help me figure out what's true or not? Can make I get some fact checkers? What is this yeah. sense you're trying to make? Yeah. Like, yeah. Anyway, it's it's such a neat thing. Well, one thing that I just took great comfort in when I went back to study a little bit of biology, kind of mid midlife, so it had been quite some time. Is um, I was talking with Janine Benyus, who's who's um helped to coin the phrase biomimicry, right? So, uh, mm. wonderful, wonderful teacher to me, and um, she was explaining some basic principles, you know, thinking about um nature running on sunlight, you know, nature being both efficient and effective, um, using local materials, you know, very mm. kind of generalizable design principles. And she paused after about 10 minutes and said, you know, so this is this is how the whole world functions. And I thought, oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is how the whole world functions. And so ever since then, I, I, um, it, I, I again, there's a lot of nuance there and a lot to explore in that middle ground. But um, whenever I hear something now that is so overtly against something that is is observable all throughout the natural world, I just think, ooh, how long can this thing stand in tension with with mm. this design that we know is, is kind of durable and adaptable and resilient and all the things you'd want it to be in? Why? Why does it exist now in, in, such, um, in such opposition or contrast to it? And so that's been a really helpful design tool and it and again it, it keeps you in that space of curiosity as opposed to just dismissal or judgment like oh isn't that neat here's something i mean the growth degrowth argument I, I think again it's it's starting to get polarized as if there's an obvious right or wrong but a lot of the folks who are most vocal about degrowth i would say haven't been totally fair in saying oh 
how interesting. Like, how did mm. we get way over here? You know, if, if we're not trying to be sincerely curious and not just judgmental against everyone else uh, about how we got there, you know, preaching about degrowth is not going to help. This is my number one takeaway from divinity school. Nobody wants mm. to hear your sermon. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Nobody wants to hear um so that space of curiosity i think is um uh, again at least in my education I, I was trained out of it to a large extent you know you're rewarded for having an opinion and stating it strongly and making up reasons to support it you're not really rewarded for saying huh it depends or maybe mm. Mm. uh and why not well, you know, in, in, maybe it's much more accurate <laughs> Let's see how that how that goes with this question. Um, in divinity school, did you ever um, were you able to shed some light on that weird bit in the Bible where there's like a beehive in the carcass of a lion? Because I could never figure out what the hell that means. No, but I'll go back to it. Maybe does that mean anything? It's time. like, and lo, he looked there, and there's a dead lion, and it's full of bees. Um, no. It must mean something. <laughs> It must mean something. So, yeah. yeah, all I get from that is like, huh, circle of life, you know. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, I'll well, put, just, I'll put just some more that's how gangster, <laughs> that's how gangster them Africanized bees are. They get right in there, they just hollow out yeah, a line right in five lion. minutes. So. <laughs> bees might have killed the line. You never know. I mean, ah, yeah, maybe they. Who knows? That's <laughs> oh, unbelievable. Ah, anyway, we're having too much fun with this. Ah. I, I love that you went to divinity school and that somehow that um, that's I'm getting a feeling that that's the thing like the way you came to that knowledge uh, was what allowed you to um, sort of avoid the the big trap basins of attraction you know at either end of the spectrum and that you could just sort of be in the in that in that sort of uncertain space at the center huh. and, and actually observe and, and, and be nature enough to be able to, um, you know, align land-based and, um, and economic systems and, um, tinkered kind of abstracts, um, That's you know, in ways that stop you from settling on, settling on one side or another. Yeah. I, I try to, um, when I do find myself kind of digging in my heels, um, as a practice now, I, try to give the most persuasive opposite argument like mm. i try hard mm. sometimes you have to be more creative than others but um i i want to not be too settled in any one poll you know i'm thinking when i so i went to divinity school again kind of kind of mid-career after i'd already been investing about 20 years and um had this one class it was it was modern poetry not not just contemporary but like truly modern like hot off the press kind of poetry and I love poetry. I thought this was going to be a wonderful kind of contemplative break in my in my class schedule. And uh, no, it was so hard. Uh, we had this one poem and it was one line typed over top of another line. And then they went every which way over the paper. And, you know, again, I was trained like you read the poem, you analyze mm. the poem, you have something to say about the poem when you go to class. And this poem, all you could do was just sit with it. I, I think that's what that's that's the secret. That's what you're doing. 
is you, you you're avoiding the ecstatic loops you're avoiding the ecstatic yeah. loops by enjoying that being in discomfort being Just in dissonance yeah. yeah i mean you, you know you did the whole um camino just sort of without like blissing out on how you know amazing and spiritual that was you basically no, just had to nurse your blisters for a couple of months yeah it was horrible <laughs> it was <so> hard. <laughs> that's awesome but that's where the that's where the learning is I'm and that's so where the life it. is I mean, it's it in wonderful, um, but it was horrible yeah. Yeah. yeah were there like wild dogs and that bite in the eye they got lots of wild dogs along there Cheeky dog. I sort of felt that way, but mostly just blisters and ah. yeah, an occasional grumpy person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another like really disenchanted pilgrim. Yeah. He wants like to take that. it out. But on you know, when, yeah. when you're when you were talking earlier about that, um, you know that that deeper layer of like being in a place, like being just being human. Um, mm. I I do remember um, towards the end of that hike, you know. It was five weeks in and um i mean this shouldn't be as unusual as it is but it was the first time in my life where i have woken up every day for more than 40 days and what are you going to do today i'm gonna walk i'm gonna mm. walk all day uh like whoa uh, i thought it was going to be this like you said this wonderful spiritual epiphany i'd be thinking deep thoughts and i was not i was thinking how many more steps until i can stop you know it was tedious and gorgeous but wow tedious and i turned around this one bend um early early in the morning and this blinding light hit me and i thought oh my gosh i'm gonna be killed by a truck right here you know 4 30 in the morning and nobody knows i'm here <laughs> like yeah. it's gonna be horrible uh and then i thought oh it's a building that's really annoying too and it turned out it was the moon I turned the corner and this wound came out from like behind behind the hill and I knew what phase of moon it was and I knew it was the moon like before I could even imagine the car crash because I'd been with the moon mm. you know all all morning every morning for like a whole month and like that kind of being in a place was new to me and um there was something blissful about that like oh like I'm here here I am yeah, Me and the moon, you know, that part was well, good. Well, Still, that's the moments. Maybe that's why, like, you know, economists are always trying to freeze these moments in time. Mm. They're just, you know, people have yeah. a longing, a longing for those. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's that's a really important acknowledgement. I think. Um, I mean, I kind of just did it myself. It's very easy to be dismissive. Like, mm. these are beautiful theories these are useful tools and if you go back to the creators they all warned us like here's how this can be used here's where it falls short but like here's what i have right here here's yeah. what i've done and yeah. um you know we just don't go back to that original statement that often but it's but it's there that sort of humbleness and sweetness and like here's well, what i've done like i hope it will contribute you know I've, se I've seen some some good thinking coming out of the santa fe institute lately i mean but i i don't know if it's some i i did talk to like an australian economist nicholas gruen about this and he said oh that's rubbish that's just that's just bloody that's just a fad ah complexity theory is a fad carpet baggers and but um and and i asked him about this one oh, yeah it's probably true but 
but I don't know if it's useful. Um, but just those ideas coming out of like, uh, you know, so far, you know, all the accounting has been to measure, is to measure things, um, not actions and relationships, you know, so, so, you know, is it, yeah. what would, what would a verb based economics be rather than a noun based one? Because you know, that concept's really sexy right now because of uh, you know braiding sweetgrass, Robin Walkimer, and all that sort of thing. It's like, oh, oh Native American languages are now uh, verb based, and it's different. That's so more relational. So people are thinking that way. There's some good thoughts though. coming out. Do you, do you feel like that's yeah. going to go anywhere? It, oh, I does totally it, do. Does it look like there's good yeah. tools coming out around that? It's gone a long way. I think um, the very fact that what you just said is, is an accurate reflection of the conversation like oh yeah i pretty often now i hear like oh yeah i heard about that or oh yeah i know that or i kind of sort of mm. you know know that there's something going on here that alone is is a pretty big revolution from just a few years ago just the idea mm. that oh there is another way i've heard there's another way yeah um you know that that alone is pretty monumental and a pretty big deal um, you know, Brian Arthur always calls it like the messy vitality as opposed to the crystal ice palace. Like the ice palace is beautiful. You know, if you love beautiful math, it's beautiful math. It's just, it's just not answering the question messy that you really vitality. have. So I do think there's something there. Um, you know, the challenge I think that exists though, and it's a challenge I see in a lot of different dimensions is, um, once a new idea starts to get accepted, pretty often the response is oh good now i'll take this new idea and i'll squash it into the machine of all the old ideas right mm. I, I see happening on a human level when we talk about like diversity and inclusion like oh come into our company and then we'll train you to be just like all the other people who are already in our company like well, yeah you know what are you getting when you do that i see the same thing with a lot of ideas and sustainability like oh okay Yep, I agree. All this is really important. So I'm going to condense it down into a number because then I can take that number and put it into this model. And then my portfolio optimizer tool doesn't have to change really at all. Like, mm. Mm. I don't know. I don't think that's going to get us there. Um, so that's what I'm looking for with, with the ideas and complexity economics. Can we actually root a different conversation that doesn't get usurped? you know, by, by the current mechanics. Um, yeah. I, I really hope so. I mean, ultimately the, the messy conversation is going to win because it's closer to the actual world. You mm. know, the, the ice palace only lasts until it gets too hot. Yeah. I, I, I just feel like last couple of years, people are, um, I know there's more room for messy conversations. Yeah. Like people keep telling me things are getting worse and worse and all that sort of stuff. And I, I do look around and, and there's worse things happening, but, um, but there's one one thing like you see a lot of long form messy conversations happening, and yeah, um, yeah. and that's that's and that's kind of made loud. room. That's made room for me to um, to be in the space because there was no room for me in the space before before this way of talking. This messy way was something that um, was even acceptable at the table. You know, um, yeah. I'm I'm enjoying it. It's a good it's a good sign. I mean, I'm learning a lot from my younger colleagues on this front too. Um, what's normal for them in terms of inquiry, in terms of their own education, in terms of their own family history is like 
they're they're into it like they're they're mm. living in a non-dualistic world mm. uh, so again that's such a big deal if, if yeah. you're if your opening premise is not either or whoa mm. all kinds of things are possible well i guess it's about figuring out how those well maybe not even figuring it out but just allowing those symbioses to um to happen you know, because it is it culture that shapes economies is it economies that shapes culture is it um one hand drawing the other is it none of the above yeah as with most things it's um it's 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 probably none of the above and and, and all of the above or all of the above yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh look I've, I've just i've loved this yeah this is me too this is a good one i've, I've been working on not interrupting people like ah oh, I could interrupt people often and a lot. I think I did all right this time. I think you did great. I felt like I felt <laughs> like just the opposite. I was going on and on, but whoa, such essential stuff. And yeah. again, making room for that, you know, it doesn't fit in soundbite. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Laugh. Back you know? and forth. I, I've never, yeah. I mean, I always want to know more about your bees practice. So I said, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going to make sure that we spend at least half the half the yarn talking about bees because I wanted that, to know more. Yeah. I wanted to hear more about that. Like you, you only ever get to do the little bites coming in. And I went, no, I'm going to introduce <laughs> Catherine as a beekeeper. And then we're, we're really going to go from there. That. That's, yeah, yeah. That, that's no, it's, it's always been like the quirky pithy thing, you know, before we talk about, you know, stock market valuations and this was no, the other it, way around, which it, I really like. It is everything. Yeah. 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 It is everything. Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. Well, that's There's beautiful. a lot of total joy. I hope more to come. I have so many questions for you as well. So, um, yeah, well, let's we'll continue. I hope. Yeah. We'll definitely continue. I, I love this awesome. so much. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Me too. Well, thank you so much, Catherine. Likewise. Uh,